you will each understand this different, but I believe you will understand this how you should. I will remain forever optimistic because of the transformations I've experienced in my life and witnessed in others. I wasn't born to be nobody great or intelligent. I don't possess advantages or privileges someone could expose as unique gifts in my life. I'm curious, I'm weak, and I'm ambitious, just like you. The Lunch Break is a podcast for those aiming to live and learn by the greatest experiences life has to offer. Aaron Live, Fridays at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share. And also, never stop asking the hard questions. was the commanding general of the District of Columbia National Guard. What are you playing, bro? What? Oh my goodness. Yo, what is up? Hold on. Pause that real quick. Yo, what is up, y'all? All right. Caleb wants to talk about Behold the Pale, the pale Horse. Behold the Pale Horse. Uh, what's up, y'all? My name is Paul Bernard II. Welcome back to the Lunch Break Podcast. I'm here with my business partner, Caleb Biker. And uh, today's Friday. It's been a long week, and we're just going to have a conversation about who knows what today. So, mm-hmm um caleb so there's there's this book called behold the pale horse it's written in the 80s it's written in the 80s naval officer we're just gonna play a little clip real quick we'll put it in the microphone we're gonna listen to this for like three minutes the ratifications exchanged at paris within the space of six months made at verona the 22nd of november 1822 for austria metternich for france chateaubriand for prussia bernstedt for russia nesselrode mr owen I ask to have printed in the congressional record this secret treaty because I think it ought to be called now to the attention of the people of the United States and of the world. Okay, so what? Tell 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 them what he's saying. Tell them what he's saying. Well, he's just talking about how, you know, starting in the '60s and '50s, a lot of things were done where, as the government takes more control, that they're setting up concentration camps for us, and they're going to use FEMA to do it, and uh, we're all kind of fucked. Like, like <laughs> I mean, it is good. And this is what COVID predicted, you know, like everything's going according to pale, behold a pale horse, you know, the Freemasons, you know, are really actively involved in this, you know, I the higher ups, you know, Freemasons are terrible people, terrible people, <laughs> terrible people. Like there's some good ones, but like when you, when you, yeah, right. when you yeah. and if we die in the next month, just know it was the Masons, <laughs> it was the Masons exactly. Nah, like you, but you, everybody should go read "Behold the Pale Horse." If you don't read it, you're naive, and we're all going to die. Like we are so screwed. They talk about how they're using climate change and you know a liberal agenda to like take over you know the social construct of society, so that people are all fighting amongst each other. And they actually talk about in "Behold the Pale Horse" how the targeted Americans a patriotic conservative because they stand for the constitution. And what they're trying to do is remove the constitution. The government is because if they do that, then they can go into a fascist society. So like, you know, like Rockefeller. So you're saying the targeted people are the patriotic conservatives. So the people like the proud boys, the what's the, what's that one? No, that's not a patriotic conservative. That's a radical conservative. Patriotic conservative, someone who supports the Constitution. They they basically consider themselves patriotic conservatives because if you look at one of their main things, gun control, that comes straight out of the Constitution. So they would define themselves as patriotic. Why wouldn't you have gun control? No, I'm saying, yes, have gun control. That's why I'm saying the Proud Boys are, quote, unquote, patriotic conservatives. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, they're, not, they're a little <laughs> radical because they've been labeled as racists, and they're not racists, 
right? I mean, everybody thinks all they're these, pretty. A majority of them, I would say, are pretty racist. Well, the but liberal yeah. side, Antifa, is pretty racist towards white people. So, uh, they're pretty, white, they're pretty. People are pretty racist. Well, yeah, yeah. People. Antifa. I, I don't support Antifa anyway. So, I mean, it's the yeah. same thing with Black Lives Matter, right? The organization, yeah. not the movement, though. The Remember, those are two well, different things. Yeah, yep. but the organization is the movement. Right? No, no, it's not. It's two different so, things. So then why is there an organization called Black Lives Matter that has liberal money being funneled into it? In the because leader? that's the organization. It's run by two ladies who basically just hate white people. That's not what the movement is. Like, I can wear a Black Lives Matter bracelet, and people may think that I support Black Lives Matter, the organization, but really, I'm just talking about the actual movement. Black Lives Matter It's two different things. So why can't I wear a White Lives Matter bracelet? You can if you want. I don't care. But then I'm going to be labeled as racist. You're not labeled as racist for doing a Black Lives Matter. Because white lives technically are the superior in America. So I don't understand why you wear a White Lives Matter now, how, bracelet. How, how, how are you discriminated against? In how are you oppressed in America? Tell me how you as a white man are oppressed. Okay. If you're a white man in America, now if you don't fall into political constructs like accepting gays, right? Accepting transgender. That's your beliefs, though. That's nothing to do with your skin color. Okay. I yes. also cannot believe in gays and still be treated the same way. I'm well, talking about your skin special, color, your skin now, color, your the culture. Government has created special classes of people, right? I, I agree. And, yes. And these special classes of people are considered victims in their own minds, right? And nobody is a victim unless they make themselves one, right? Bad shit happens to all of us. You I can agree. sit there on yeah. a pedestal and say, oh, look at all this bad stuff that's happened to me. Like, it's the same thing. Like, you want to talk about slavery, for instance. They're like, oh, we got to give uh, reparations and all these things. Mm -hmm. Slavery happened a long time ago, and mm -hmm. the black people sold other black people into slavery. I we agree. don't talk about that, I know. right? I we know. don't talk about how slavery really started because there were black kings in Africa during that time that were capturing people and selling them to white people. Uh, yes, that's 100% true. And slavery is still happening in the Middle East, and now it's with muslims right yep so how can uyghurs Uyghurs. i mean well that's yeah. china yeah that's but chinese enslaving muslim people and no yeah. matter what like you are not oppressed in america nobody is oppressed in america the poorest person in america still has more opportunity than say the the middle class in haiti or the middle class in china because they have yeah. so you can't sit there and say you have more opportunity here because you're just in America. It doesn't matter what your skin color is. It doesn't matter any of these things. And if you label yourself as a victim because somehow you want to get behind a movement that's being politicized, you have to take a step back and go, why is this being politicized? Why am I all of a sudden a victim and getting celebrated for being a victim? That's not how society is supposed to work. Mm -hmm. it, it, but because of how the political construct has been designed in a way where now people are labeled as heroes because they're victims and then they get special privileges as uh, as that. Like, for instance, people are still saying that's what help. That's what happens in a wealthy America. That's what happens. We're so privileged here that now it's not so longer like, oh, we praise the people who are doing well, the people who are, you know, coming from something, actually doing something. Now we praise people who go through a hard time. And that's why you see so many times, like, for example, we go to like those Christian churches, those well off areas, East Grand Rapids, whatever it is. You hear kids like talking. I'm not even I'm just going to be blunt with it. They talk about like, oh, I just hate my life. Suicide this. blah blah blah. I understand people who struggle with that. But at the same time, well, now there's you so come much. from, you know, you come from a well off well, background. Well, now, because like, like, for instance, like white white people, like, for instance, They've kind of labeled white men are the only men 
end thing that can't have it. Now you could be a gay white man and get special privileges. You yeah. could have mental health issues and get special privileges. Yeah. You can blame all these things on a victim mentality, mm-hmm. right? And say like, oh, my family didn't let me be gay. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that fucking sucks. But are you saying you're gay now? Yeah. yeah right. You, oh, you want to be a different gender? Can you mm-hmm. get away with that now? Of course, 20, 30 years ago, you could not get away with that. Well, because. So with that, I do want to step back to the whole Black Lives Matter conversation here. And this is my opinion here that I'm going to place place forward for you. Um, when it comes to oppression in America, I don't believe it actually comes down to skin color. Um, I don't. And this is my opinion. Obviously, I'm coming from a third world country. So I see oppression and all that way differently than what the black community is here. I don't I wouldn't say I typically practice what they call. Afro-American culture or black culture here because I just come from a different culture, different background. I'm mixed in a lot of different cultures, but in African-American culture in America, I think it's more so um, what you get the idea of like culturism. So like not not your culture not being accepted. So the first thing is we have to understand that um, and I'm using the term black culture for lack of a better term or just, you know, for the, uh, the sense of communication here. But black culture is a fully different thing than poverty culture. So a lot of times you'll hear people say like, oh, blacks, so they kill each other. They in gangs and everything. It's like that's poverty culture that happens in every co- poverty culture it, around the world. You go to a third world country. The people who are poor have gangs. They kill each other and they sell drugs. You go down to South America. The poor people have gangs. They sell drugs and they kill each other. That's with everybody. But black people in itself, they don't. That's not black culture. When you start t- tying these uh, criminalizing things and these habits to a culture because of the color of the people. That's completely messing it up. It's all socioeconomic culture, right? Like no matter what, because there's black people out there that have been raised in the suburbs and they act just like the culture that's around them. We all adapt, right? So it doesn't really change, right? (laughs) Now say you're in the hood and you come from a poor thing and you're taught to live a certain way, right? It's the same thing, right? Like everybody's like, oh, well, we never were born into money. Well, that fucking sucks, right? I mean, you're probably not going to have the same opportunities in life. But people are like, we can change that. You can't change that. If you think a certain way, you think a certain way. That's that's how it is. The rich are always going to stay rich because they're already rich. Mm -hmm. Right now, maybe a few fall out, but the people who are really in control, right, have been in control for a very, very long time. And they're not going to give up that power, right? They have billions and billions of dollars and it's not these new age billionaires there's people in the shadows right who don't need the attention who don't need any of these things and they're like oh if we keep everybody divided right and Mm -hmm. say oh there's this culture that's being oppressed we need to focus on that they're getting richer because they're able to funnel their money into all of these causes and make money off of it right so my thing here is and I'm, i'm gonna ask you a series of questions here so when we think of American culture, just think of American culture. Would you say it plays more into the white culture in America or the black culture in America? I think that when people outside of the country look at American culture, they think rich. Okay, so it's not, and and it's just richer. It has than nothing that. to do with color. You're saying nothing so. to do with color. Okay, okay, okay. With that, then, okay, because the the thing that because I'm, if you I'm go trying to, to a different country, and you say you're American. You're going to be targeted, right? If you're an upper middle class American and you go to say China, some more, China yeah. or you go, let's say, into Eastern European countries, South American countries, they're going to target you because they know you have more money than them, right? Like there's these countries, the average income for some of it's for a family is 8000 a year, mm-hmm. right? $20 is more money than they yeah, make in a day. A couple dollars a day, yep. You no, know, it's the same thing in Haiti, $2 a day. Yep. And they're going to look at it and they're going to say, hey, this is an opportunity to prosper. Mm-hmm. 
when you think it doesn't matter if you're white or black, right? Now, if you're white and you act American, you're going to be a lot easier to identify than a black American, mm-hmm. period, mm-hmm. right? Just because a lot of people think white America, yeah. right? But at the heart of it, America is so diverse now, right? Like China owns, like I, I heard the other day, China owns like two to three billion acres in America, hmm. right? Like of farmland. Dang. Like nobody wants to talk about things like over. that. No. Well, so like when you sit back and say, okay, well, if people can just outside these multi, multi billionaires right outside the country, just buy up land in America, you have a huge Hispanic community. You have all these different things coming in, right? Mm-hmm. You have a huge black community. You have a huge Asian because America's a land of diversity. That's always how it's been. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, people want to say, Oh, people are oppressed. Well, what about the Irish? Right. They're white. Right. Mm-hmm. And they were treated just as bad as black people in the twenties. The same thing with the my Japanese. Only, the my Japanese, only thing nobody is, nobody wants to talk about how. But I understand that. But my only thing is, but you're saying it, that as a black man, you don't see the Japanese going out there. No, saying, I understand. I think I think everyone in their own fashion the faces last, oppression or discrimination. Well, but the last oppression but, was of the Japanese. But what I'm saying is the effects of slavery last on to today. Not not saying that it's because of your skin color, but because of how it was set up, because of how black culture started. Because of how black people got to America, it has effects all the way down to the day, down to the different laws that were set in place to keep black people poor in the 1900s. Do you think that's things that change? no, I don't think that's going to change. And like that's what I'm saying. Like I'm not sitting here saying that I'm a victim or anything of that. I came from a well-off family, and that's just me personally. And I'm labeled as black culture in America because but, of my but skin color. Think- but look, but this is what I'm saying. When it comes down to it, it's not even about the skin color. It comes down to the culture. Like black people are taught code switching brought up. We're taught that we have to transform into the white man's language growing up. We're taught that we have to dress a certain way if we want to do white man's business and all these different things. So I'm saying, why do we have to do that? Why don't we educate our people on both sides of what American culture is, who started how, the country, how, white how? people and black people. So why isn't okay. Ebonics taught in school? Why isn't black culture taught in school to, to uh, a greater fashion and all that? So then, because if you think about it, a lot of is racism- white culture taught in schools? Yes, 100% is taught in school. How? Because of all the powerful, the powerful white people that are running the, the the educational system, it's not like it's not like they're. I'm not going to say that it's it's something intentional. Like, oh, we don't want black culture in school, but it's because of the way that it's run. So you're going to teach a bunch of white people about black culture, and then they're going to adapt it, right? Hundred percent. And then all of a sudden, black people are going to say, "Stop copying our culture." They're already starting to do that. If if you do, so, so if you if you practice, no, no look, no look, people are always going to have something. To no look, I'm saying if you pre- if a white person practices knows black culture, they are more likely to get if along with a black person like rather than a white person that doesn't certain, know black culture. Certain way to be adapted into white culture, then go over to China, go over to Europe, go over to Africa. They're going to dress the exact same way. You dress in a suit, you look nice. If you think that's been through all of business, you're not going to change. This that. is what I'm saying. Look, this is what I'm saying. Racism, the racism problems in America right now come from one thing is from ignorance of culture. You know, that's a fact. If I go to I went to this white church and one of the girls literally said word for word, he the guy with that clothing on on his head. Yeah, but I had to do it. And I'll bet they look racist as white. People. But look, look, I'm not even talking about racism. I'm talking about ignorance of culture. So that's what it comes down to. Black people, most black people, they know how white people run. They can adapt. That's why we do code switching. It should be the same thing the other way around because we are both part of the American culture. So let's respect each other's culture, black culture, white culture, and vice versa. I know white culture. You should know black culture. And it's because it's not educated in school. If it was educated in school, you know about the other person's culture. You're going to be able to respect it. You won't say stupid stuff. You won't act out of pocket. You won't, as a cop, you won't shoot somebody just because they seem threatening when they're actually not. They're just acting like themselves. If you have an educational format and what 
black culture is, a lot of these problems will be fixed. That's how you integrate. It's the educational aspect. That's all I'm saying. It's on the culture. It has nothing to do with skin color. The reason why it comes down to skin color is because black culture, it's in the name. It's divided by skin color because of slavery when it came from slavery. Slavery was divided by skin color. So now we create a culture okay. that's divided by skin so color. So now we're trying 50s, to integrate. When everything was segregated and yeah. there was black owned businesses, they all had to do business within each other. That was the wealthiest time of black culture. Period. Yeah. They dressed in suits. They acted like people in the 50s. They didn't change into wearing gold chains and all of these different things, acting like rappers, has nothing to do with culture in the sense where you think about it, right? Because they were just like white people. They just had their own community. But at that time, what did integration of white people look like? And there was none. Exactly. They were more successful. So, so I'm, we're talking, we're talking did about. They act any different than white I'm not people? talking about the success of black people right now. I'm talking about the integration of black people, white people for the greater good of America, so for the American culture. So, so you're saying it has nothing to do with. Black culture as a thing. It's black the culture industry. Black culture. Can, no, that's a part of it. If we're talking about black culture success, then I understand that. Then, yes, we got to get rid of these rappers who are talking about drugs, sex, and girls all the time. We got to get rid of all, you know, just the stigma that you have to either be a rapper or an athlete. We have to get rid of that. I understand that. Black people, and there are very successful black people in this world. Black, black culture practicing people. But I understand that. But what I'm saying is in America, we're at the issue of integrating white culture with black culture. We both have wealthy people. We both have our own systems. But how do we integrate the two together to form American culture? That's what I'm talking about. Because nobody with money wants to do that because they already have their connections. They already have what they need. Right. Like like you have to think about like how. Yeah, they don't want integration. But if it was to be and done. Are you going to change that? Like this. There's going to be no. There's going to be absolutely no change because nobody wants it. The people who are truly in power. They want us all fighting amongst each other, right? I agree. Talking, I would agree with talking you. Talking about these things because at the heart of it, does it matter to them? Do they still have their money? Or are they still profiting off of people's pain and suffering? Yes. Do they care that there's an oppressed culture? No. They'll just switch the oppression one way or another, and they're still going to stay in power because they already have the money. And that's all throughout history, always how that's it That's the way been. it is, yes. And all, all I'm saying right now. I agree with that statement. All I'm saying right now is if we were to integrate, if we were to actually make an effort at integration, it would have to be through the education of white people to black people and of black people to white people. That's all. It would, that's that's my solution right there. That's what I'm saying. Well, it's probably the solution, but this is the problem. It's, anybody, not, it's probably not going to happen because, just like you said, the wealthy people don't want it to happen. They no, make more money when they, it doesn't happen. Whether they're black or white, because people can sit there and say, oh, well, there's not as many wealthy black people. Well, that is true, mm -hmm. right? But our, There's well, also only 13% of black people in America, so of course it's not well, going to be well, You have to look at it like, why was there a black president? Well, because it fit into the culture so well, right? Like the, the liberal agenda was able to say, hey, look, we have, we're able to promote this black man, right, who came up. In privilege, right? Like if you look at some of the colleges and the way he was funded, right, through Chicago, right, which Chicago is one of the most corrupt uh, cities in the U.S., right? Mm -hmm. It's always been that way. Mm -hmm. You look at how the money was funneled around. He was put on a pedestal and people said, well, we'll vote for him because he's not a white president, right? Had nothing. A lot of people just said, well, why would you vote for Obama? Because he was black. It's the same reason why people said, oh, why did you vote for uh, Joe Biden? Well, mm -hmm. because he wasn't Trump, right? Yeah. It had no, it had no, it didn't matter what was going on economically, right? And that's all that really matters, right? Yeah. If we're able to all be more successful and wealthy, that's how it should be. But if we're all fighting on social issues, nobody has a chance to make money. 
Not, I mean, seriously, if we're all fighting and sitting there going like, oh, well, this culture is oppressed. We need to support these people. This needs to be done this way. This needs to be done that way. All of a sudden you're sitting there and you're spending all these time on these big social issues and the rich get richer. And that's always how it's going to be. So you can either say, you know what? I want to think just how do I become wealthy? Well, I'm going to take a step back and realize, oh, wait, if they want us fighting amongst each other, I'm going to take myself out of that situation. I'm going to focus on my businesses, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm going to build those up with the people I trust. And we're going to make a bunch of money together, right? Because eventually you get into those circles that other people are like, hey, you don't care about any of these social issues because you just want to make money. Mm -hmm. That's how it should be. It's it's definitely how it should be. It's no different than like, like you look at like the cartels, right? And how they make money, right? They don't care who they sell the drugs to, <laughs> right. right? Whether it's the Aryan Brotherhood or a black gang, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And those people might hate each other. Cartels are still making money because Thanks. they're just selling to anybody. Yeah, You want to sell your products to anybody. I don't care what you do, right? Like, I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you're black. I don't care if you're, you know, doing the most sinful things. If you're giving me money, Right, I'm okay <laughs> with that because at the heart of it, I have my morals it's this, and values. It's a little deeper than that, though. So, because at a certain point, you're aiding people in their evil practices. So you Not do, have, you do if, have to if, think if, about if somebody, it. To a certain if, aspect. if somebody is a child molester, right? If you I, know someone's a child molester and I, they're buying product from you to practice child molestation, well, you're going to keep selling, supplying why would I be them. Selling product that promotes child molestation. I have. My let's say you have a. Let's say you have a rock climbing company and you sell rope. And they, and they use rope for child molestation. <laughs> That's a stretch, right? But I'm just saying, but like, if you know that. Are they going to come into your store and say, hey, I'm buying all this rope to go tie up children? They're not going to tell what, you that. What if you found out? There's a lot of crazy people so, in this so, world. So if you are you going to say? You you know say? And you they're say, your biggest customer. Are you still going to sell to them? No. No. So, but, see, but, so it does matter but, who but you sell let's to. Let's be honest. If they're just molesting children like that and they're buying your rope in such a large amount, <laughs> this is a wild they're gonna conversation. Get they're gonna get caught. Like there's no no thing. Like like why are you My buying point, five was... tons of rope? Well, I got forty children tied up in a basement and I'm coming back for more. I, they're I, gonna get caught after like the first one. I was just I was literally I was literally just just making a point it, that it, it does matter it, who you sell like, to at like, a certain like, point. Like, for instance, say you own a liquor store and this guy comes in there and says, I'm gonna get this girl drunk as fuck so I can have sex with her. Well, you probably not should refuse sell drugs yeah, to exactly. them, right? Okay, like, that, yeah, that, that's, like, that's all I'm saying. Because of your moral compass. Yeah. He's also telling you, like, hey, I'm going to go do this terrible, terrible, terrible thing. Yeah. And if you sit there and promote it, right? It's just like drug dealers, right? Like, if you sit there and you're saying, like, oh, like drug- I've met people who sell drugs. And all of a sudden, they're like, well, I don't care who I sell to, but I've got this moral compass and I'm a Christian because yeah, it's no. just different. And you're sitting there and you're like, but you're selling heroin and you're killing people. Well, may- they made the choice. Well, you still promoted that yeah, choice, exactly. right? You know the damage it can do. Heroin doesn't does more bad than good. That's a fact. How much time we got, Barco? We're doing seven minutes. Seven minutes? Okay. So, yeah, I fully agree with what you're saying. It doesn't. I don't care what color people are and everything like that. I definitely come from a different. I think we all have our own personal agenda and burden when it comes to social issues in general. Um, my opinion on the on the on the fact is, I'm the same as you. I think that I've been blessed with a with with more patience than a lot of people in the black community. Um, because I see it on both sides. Like black people, there's a lot, I have a lot of black friends that will get extremely, extremely offended and take on that victim mentality when a white person does something because they're just ignorant of the culture. I'm like, and I have to like point out, I'm like, Hey, they just don't know. Like they don't know what's going on. They're not trying to be racist. Don't come at them crazy like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know I have black friends who have gotten out of like 
uh, indictments because they played the race card. And, like, we joke about that in the black community, too. Oh, like, just claim the race and stuff like that. It's like, no, that is not okay. You cannot put that on but a white person. people are going to always take advantage of the situation. I know. I, and, and, like, that, that's my thing. But you also have like, to look, look at it, like, one way. Like, I always like to use your dad as an example. He came from nothing in Haiti, and he's incredibly successful. Like, if you put him up against the average Haitian, he's so far beyond that, right? Like, he surpassed it by, you know, yeah, thousands absolutely. and thousands of percent. And does because he's never had a victim mentality. He's like, life is about suffering. Mm-hmm. You're gonna do what you have to do to survive, and you're gonna work hard. Yeah, that's what it comes absolutely. down to. Like absolutely. If you sit there and say, I need some handout because I'm a victim, right? Like I could sit there and say, Okay, well, I'm a drug addict, right? Well, no, I'm in recovery. Yeah. I don't use drugs anymore. Yeah. I don't do all of these things. But I see people in AA and they sit there and they go, Wow, I you know, the reason why I did drugs is because I got raped. I got molested. I went through a bad divorce. I did all of these terrible things. And at the heart of it, now I have mental health issues. And because of that, I get depressed some days and it causes me to use drugs. Mm -hmm. Well, you're being a victim, right? Like nobody should be sitting there and go like, oh, all these bad things are happening to me. So all of a sudden I need a handout or pity. Yeah. Right. And I, and I, and that's why within AA, there's no point to sit there and say, because you see people who are sober. And they're living a good life because they sit there and they go, yeah, I had this fucked up problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I sat there and I did all these bad things. But you know what? I stopped doing them because I learned how to be sober. I learned how to be who I am. Absolutely. And that's, it's, that's the same way with any of these issues. Said, if you're gay. No, 100%. Right? If, uh, I meet gay people all the time who are conservative. And they go, you know what? I'm happy. You know, you might disagree with me, but I'm gay and that's okay. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm yeah, not, okay. not going to sit there and argue with you because you know what? You are who you are. Yeah. Right? If you believe this. I might disagree with it, but you know what? I'm still going to love you. You still can be a great person because at the heart of it, I don't care what you do because I'm not going to argue with something if you fully believe in it because I'm not going to change your mind. And I think that's the problem. The The problem is, just like we started out in this conversation, is that we reward the victim and also we expect everyone to have a certain set of just a certain moral compass that just goes out around. And and I honestly think that comes more from the liberal. Well, it comes to both sides, the liberal side and conservative side. Conservatives think liberals should be this way. Liberals think conservatives should be this way and blah, 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 and this, that, and third. And like, just like you said, at the end of the day, you got to understand that you are who you are and you got to do what you got to do to get where you want to go. And that's just how it is. And I think you and I have been blessed with that type of mentality because of our backgrounds and the stuff we've been through. Other people, they don't have that luxury, you know, and that's why they're going to stay where they are. And, there's no, like you said, there's no point in arguing well, and, it. And there you know? is, so, there are people like you look at somebody whose family, like, let's just, you know, they're born in the poverty line. For them to get out of it, they don't have a lot of options. Now, now there might be that one out of a thousand percent, right, that yeah. sits there and goes, hey, wait a second. I They, they got, they basically got blessed, right? But I, I remember somebody told me, like, they were like, well, my family self-made. Well, your grandfather was a multimillionaire. Yeah. <laughs> Your husband married the daughter of a multimillionaire. Yeah. <laughs> he was able to go into any bank and get whatever loan he wants because he was able to say, hey, I married into this family. Yeah. I'm able to start these business because I automatically have these connections. And it's no That's longer self-made. It's no longer white privilege now. We should just rich privilege. That's just how and, it is. And is know? there any that's always how it's been. And that's how we need to that's how we need to communicate to both cultures. Now, yes, there is a culture. Divide. You know, divide where like, okay, black people do these certain type habits and white people do these certain habits, but it has nothing to do 
with your skin culture. That happens to be just the culture that you're in. I know a very, very white black person. I know very, very black white people. You know what I'm saying? And that's to say the culture that they practice, not because, you know. Well, and at the heart of it, right? Like nobody's self-made. Nobody climbs up through the mud, right? Like you can work very hard, but you are blessed with people in your life, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you and I do successful at business, right? We're not going to sit there and go, hey, we did this all by ourselves. We put in a lot of hard work. My parents got me to America. I would not be doing this if I wasn't here. And we've been blessed with certain situations where we know people were able to get certain blessings that other people just don't have the opportunity to have. Mm. Are we working hard? Are we making money? Mm -hmm. Of course. But at the heart of it, we're not self-made. We've just been blessed with the ability, the intellectual ability, with the connections and the effort and drive to do all these different things and put in the work so that we are successful. Absolutely. And at the heart of it, you know, when we hit that phase where we can truly say, hey, we are where we want to be in terms of success, I'm not going to sit there and say I'm self-made. I'm going to say, these are all the different people that have helped me. I got a list is, on yeah. my phone of people who have and, helped and me And, you know, yeah. like, like people are like, but some people get to that point and they're like, I did all of this by myself. I, and you're That's just delusional. There, it's, it's delusional. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And egotistical. Exactly. So people yeah. people like Oscar the Grouch. Oscar the Grouch. Yep. Yes. Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right, man. Good conversation, man. Happy Friday to y'all, man. This has been the Lunch Break Podcast. I'm Paul Bernard II, and this was my business partner, Caleb Biker. Um, that was a really good conversation, man. Thanks for coming out. Yep. This is kind of impromptu. We didn't know what was gonna happen, and you know, that's what we do. We just talk with business partners. So um, if you want more information, go to Unify Group, this Y-O-U-N-I-F-Y group.com forward slash lunch break. And you can find more information about his previous episodes. Fill out the form if you want to come and be on an episode, or if you just have an idea of what you want to hear us talk about. But uh, we will see you next week. Y'all have a great weekend. Peace out.